Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good morning, Mama. How are you feeling today? Tired from the weight of the house on your shoulders? Me too. Good afternoon, Dada. How are you doing? Why are you missing out on moments? It's all okay. I want you to know that it's hard at times, but know that you're doing a great job. Your kids feel happy, loved, and I promise there will be sunnier days ahead. We can't juggle it all at the same time or know everything that we're supposed to know. It's just impossible. But what we can do is work together as a community and offer support to each other when it's needed. I want to try and help you however I can. So this year, Happy Mum, Happy Baby are hosting the big get together. It's going to be a weekend of us parents meeting up in real life, yes, actual real life, to share our biggest achievements and laugh at our biggest fails. They're going to be experts sharing little nuggets of knowledge to help lift the load a little and I would love to see you there. I'll probably be at the bar with a glass of gin. Why not? Tickets are on sale now at happymumhappybaby.com. Bring your partner, bring your parent group, whoever you want, just come and hang out for the weekend. I can't wait to see you there. Hello and 
and welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. I'm so excited about this week's guest. Uh, she is the actress, comedian, author of My Child and Other Mistakes, mother of one, it's Ellie Jane Taylor. Hi, doll. How are you? Hi. I'm good. I've actually got to start by saying that I have had some time on my own with a screen and I have absolutely loved Ted Lasso. I had just the best experience watching it. What an amazing thing to be a part of. I know, it's so warm and lovely and I think it's come at just the right time. So the first series sort of came out in the middle of lockdown, first lockdown, and I think it was just... Everyone was so miserable and bored and stuck at home and then along came this sort of... Not underground, it was on Apple with, you know, a really (laughs) amazing cast, but... It's sort of a strange concept of a show. This American football coach comes over to coach a British soccer team. Like, yeah, it doesn't sound like anything that's going to blow anyone away. <laughs> and yet, it's such a beautiful script. It's such a lovely, feel-good story that yeah. I think it's just really uncynical. And I think it's what everyone it sort of needed. It's really sort of hit the zeitgeist at a perfect, perfect time. And yes, I feel very, very lucky to be a very small part of it. And it's just one of those sort of things where you go for a million auditions and this was one audition that I happened to get. Um, and having no idea how big it would be. And in the state, yeah. like it's big in the UK, but in the States, it is massive. Like, really? Dude, people dressed up as my character for Halloween. <laughs> it's That's mad. Amazing. It's absolutely mad. So, but what I also love is I messaged Hannah about it, and she said the best thing about the whole thing is that everyone who works on it is absolutely dreamy. And that we know that that doesn't happen all the time. Hannah Wandingham, Emmy Award winner from Ted Lasso. <laughs> She's one of the most amazing people I've ever met. I like, I've fallen in love with her and I'm not yeah. one of those like lovies who like, oh my God, they're amazing. Hannah is absolutely amazing. Let's talk about you. Go Ellie. on then. <laughs> you like this subject, go on. I'm good at this one, yeah. <laughs> you know all the answers. Yeah. What was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Brentwood in Essex. I'm from Ingatestone. Oh, very nice. Yeah, oh, that's so yeah. funny. Yeah, so I'm from Brenny and, yes, grew up here with mum, dad and my uh, elder sister and had, yeah, lovely childhood. Had a lovely childhood. Absolutely nothing to complain about. Although I've started going to therapy lately and my therapist <laughs> says that everyone says when you ask them about their childhood, they always go, well, yeah, it was absolutely fine, really. Yeah, nothing to complain about. And then she's like, then we unpick it. So that will be exciting when <laughs> oh I get down gosh. that path. You're going to find out all the things that your mum and dad did yeah, wrong. Yeah. And then you thought, no, they did fine. Yeah, no, I'm sure there's lots. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also nice knowing that our kids, when they get to our age, are going to be doing exactly the same and I'm picking all of our mistakes as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. I think I think oh, all the things I'm doing at the moment, I think what I, I'm definitely doing something that's going to mess her up in some way but which which one is it who knows <laughs> <laughs> and did you ever like think of the future and see children in it I remember writing it in a diary when I was probably in my early teenage years saying that I thought I'd be married with children at 25 and I definitely wasn't married with children at 25 I did everything reasonably late so I didn't get married till I was in my early 30s I had a baby with my first baby when I was 35 but she's my only baby. I haven't got any other babies. She, I had my baby. Which <laughs> I was literally like, did just think, oh, my research is completely out of date. Oh, there's one under the desk. No, she's the only one I have. Um, 35. I definitely did everything later. But yes, so I suppose I thought when I was younger, I would have children because that's just sort of what you do. Yeah. But then as I got older and sort of thought, oh, you don't actually, you don't actually have to. 
then yeah. I definitely thought about it when it became more of a choice as opposed to just you know something that was definitely going to happen then it was a little bit more complicated because I had I just I've never been maternal I wasn't I was never someone who who particularly liked children liked certainly not babies so it, I never had that calling I never got the cooey clucky time never got that so you know and I, and I was yeah th- 34 when I felt pregnant and never I still hadn't got it but I made a very sort of practical decision that in very, very bleak terms, I thought, I can't imagine having died, never being a mother. <laughs> so that's how I had a kid. Well, Not- that's a funny, that, I, I guess it's those, those things that take us there. Like, what is it that eventually makes us go, actually, no. Yeah. And, and yours is just wanting someone to look after you when you're old. Basically, yeah. No, <laughs> I think it's like imagining what, okay, so I can't imagine having a baby now, and that would be really annoying. But then what, in 20 years, I want a house and I want people in it and I want a family. So how do you get from A to B? Oh, there's the annoying having the baby bit in the middle. So it was that sort of decision. And I think a lot of women go through that. I think not, you know, there's a lot, definitely some women who are absolutely born to be mums and they know they want Mm. to do that. But I think there's also more sort of women who are a bit more on the fence and it's a definite decision. It's an intellectual choice sort of thing. And I think, yeah, going into it when you're not maternal is a little bit scary because you think, how on earth is this going to turn out? And also, you say you're not maternal. There's a great piece in the book where you talk about your sister giving birth to your nephew and you meeting the nephew. And also, I think it's the younger child thing as well. Yeah, yeah. You were the baby of the family. I was the baby. I was the show-off. I was used to all the attention. So, yeah, when my sister had my nephew, I sort of turned up to the hospital and I'd bought these lovely cakes like to say congratulations and I was so proud because I was I was working I had a, like a good job but it was you know I was starting out I was early 20s I had no money so I spent a lot of money on these very fancy cupcakes and I turned up to the hospital and was genuinely annoyed when I left that no one mentioned the cupcakes and everyone just looked at the baby and I it was kind of like a, oh god this is what it's gonna be like now <laughs> that another human can like better me because I'm used to the one getting all the attention um, and I had I yeah was so not interested in my nephew and then subsequently my niece when she came along I just I remember my sister would get so upset with me because she would say all my all my friends they want to look after their nieces and nephews and I just I had no you know she'd ask me to babysit and I'd be like oh god oh god I've got to spend a whole Saturday night with a baby and I didn't want to and I, I felt it was a real chore a real chore and now I realize what an absolute cow I was I had no concept and I think I'm quite I like to think I'm empathetic, but I think in certain ways I really have to go through something to be able to understand it, which isn't very emotionally intelligent, is it? But it's how my brain is programmed. And I think once I've had a child, it unlocked all this sort of realisation about how much of a struggle it can be. Even if you have a, you know, a charmed life and everything is going well and you are all healthy and you are, you know, have a nice house and all those things, you can still find it hard having a kid. And I think it's only sort of looking back, I realised how much support I could have given my sister. I could have afforded my sister and I didn't because I just, I just didn't get it. And I didn't when my friends had kids until I've had a kid and now I get it and I'm really have sorry. Have you literally been messaging everyone? <laughs> I'm, going, I'm so I'm sorry. Really sorry about this. Yeah, I was absolutely <laughs> shit. And I, but I, I feel like, at least I realise that now and I can, I can hold my hands up and, um, you know, also get it when, you know, perhaps friends of mine who haven't had kids when I had a kid made weird choices and it's, it's not out of malice, it's out of just ignorance with that to take the sting out of the word just you know pure naivety I think yeah we're well, talking about work though was work something that you factored in 
when you were gonna you know start trying for a yeah baby. yeah it was really it always felt like it was the wrong time and you always think yeah. I'll just I'll just wait a bit just oh maybe not now and then I remember when I fell pregnant and I worked out the timings and I was gonna be due just in the middle of a series that I was filming and I thought that was I honestly thought that was the end of the world it was my biggest concern I didn't know how on earth I would be able to do it and would they get rid of me and in the end they were lovely and I just pre-recorded some stuff and it was fine so did you, you know? get it all done before the yeah baby I get it I got it so I had a plan cesarean so I knew when the baby was going to be so I got um and I you know I was lucky nothing happened earlier but I was <laughs> I didn't really even think about that as an option naively but yeah I think I finished work a couple of weeks before and I pre-recorded everything that I need to before and then they sort of just slotted that in as and when um because it was like a topical thing that I was doing so that was quite odd because I remember like we'd been home about two days from hospital and my husband was on the telly he sent me a photo he was on the on the sofa with holding the baby in front of the telly and I was on the telly like really fully pregnant <laughs> but I was also upstairs probably crying crying probably. by myself <laughs> in the dark um yes it was a funny old time but yeah work is definitely you think having a baby younger could that have been easier because you wouldn't have so much going on, but then now it feels like there's more to lose. It's I don't think there's ever yeah. a, a, an easy time to have a kid, is there? Is branding it a part of it as well in a way, in a, in a strange way? Like being a stand-up comedian and the things that you would talk about and stuff, did, did you feel like, not that you would, but there's an expectation on comedians to kind of, it does life change when you become a mum, yeah. essentially, in a world that isn't, more women are entering it and it's absolutely phenomenal and amazing but in a world I guess that hasn't always favoured women well certainly like gigging comedians you know if you're a maternity there's no maternity pay but obviously <laughs> for freelance comments I, I definitely felt I could I was concerned when I had the child that I was I was so consumed by her and by being a mum now that I didn't quite know what to, to talk about it was really hard and I felt very sort of stuck there for a while. And I think it, saying that, I think I've probably still to a certain extent have, have been aware that I've talked about having a child a lot. I've written a book about having a child and I, I sort of, I'm, I, I go from one to the other. I'm like, well, no, you're allowed to because that is your existence. And But Ilna, yeah, isn't that part of being a stand-up comedian though? You're drawing on your own experiences abs- yeah, and finding the laughs within yeah. that. But I suppose you don't want to get pigeonholed for it. Like the yeah. mum, the mum comedian, the mum. Yeah. But then also I know that my stand-up has always been incredibly self-obsessed. It's always been. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do politics and stuff. I do what's going on in my life because it's all about me. Um, so it was about, you know, when I was dating my boyfriend, wanting him to propose to me, it was about getting proposed, it was about getting married, it was about being in a long distance relationship, it was about all the things that were going on. So inevitably, yes, my last show was all about having a child. Yeah. It's funny because you must also appreciate now how important it is finding the humour in all of that chaos that is being a mum, especially in the newborn phases. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, it can really help when you can be laugh at yourself, yeah. uh, laugh at the ridiculous situations. I mean, if you don't laugh, you will cry. And that is the beauty of it. I can remember in um, a baby club, I think my first child was probably about eight weeks old and, there, and we were talking about sleep, how much sleep we'd had. And this mu- one mum had said that she'd had 40 minutes sleep that night. And she came up with this laugh, and I have never <laughs> heard a laugh like it. It was a cross between it actually being the funniest thing in the world, but then hysteria. Yeah. And I, that, for me, that is motherhood. Yeah. That's how you get through it, because if you don't laugh, yeah. you will absolutely 
cry absolutely slightly it's a manic maniacal yeah exactly that (laughs) I remember yeah going to a a baby shower before I'd had a kid and my friend was there she has twins they were probably about a year old at the time and I was saying how how do you do it and she said and I remember it was very silent and she just said to all of us I don't think I've slept for a year and she 100% meant it and then could not. And then she just went hysterically. She couldn't <laughs> stop laughing because it was so bleak, but so true. She kind of heard what she'd said. Yeah. I mean, to, uh, multiple parents. Holy crap. Yeah. Amazing. Unimaginable. Yeah. Christ. How did you feel when you found out you were pregnant? I couldn't believe it, really. I was so... Even though we'd been very much trying and I'd been using... Like, and you really were using loads yeah. of apps and peeing yeah, on loads of sticks and yeah. doing all that stuff. Yeah, I don't do... I go hard or go home. And if I can throw money at the problem, I will do. So I threw money at a fertility tracking little box thing. What was it? Monitor. Just I probably... hadn't even heard of one of these oh, things until I've I read about it in the book. Oh, I've looked at it all. I've listened to it all. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, you, it's basically a pee on stick thing, but sort of with a tiny computer or something. Right. I, don't, I don't even know what it does. But anyway, yes, I, I peed on a stick, whacked it in the machine, and it told me I was pregnant. And I had no, I, I, we'd only tried for a couple of months, and I didn't feel pregnant in any way. The only reason I took a test was I was meant to be going out to record a, a podcast, actually, that night in a pub, and I fancied a vodka. And I thought, just to be sure. And I and it sort of went, I was, like, delighted, and then also, like, oh, I fancied a vodka. That's annoying. And then also, like, what? It was all these sort of strange things going on <laughs> at the same time. Um, so, yeah, really, really excited. And then it's the most the most exciting time it's the most exciting time and you're terrified and elated and you can't believe it because something you know if you want to get pregnant it's sort of like first kid it feels like something that uh, it happens in a film doesn't it you you, yeah. you get a pregnancy test and it's positive and that happens in on the telly not to not actually to you in your bathroom so um and that feeling actually that you get when that happens there's nothing quite like it the nerves the excitement it's a very i for me it's always been a really weird feeling yeah it's magical and you yeah you're not pregnant and suddenly you pee on a stick and you are and (laughs) the whole sort of future like it's like another road suddenly clicks onto your life and you look down you immediately and you're going oh am i going to call it and you're like oh it's only about you know the size of a full stop at the moment and you, you just yeah you sort of spiral into the what all the future and then you also have to try and bring yourself back because you're like you yeah. know it's very early what's going to happen um but yes yeah, so i remember it being a really really exciting time and we didn't tell anyone till i was about i think about eight weeks or something i think i told right. my mum maybe 10 10 weeks i told my mum and i hadn't told anyone before that so that was all oh it's just mega exciting it feels like such a long time like if you do decide to wait to tell people it feels like forever that you're keeping this secret yeah and I just remember going into like meetings and people be talking about things and I'd be like guys I'm fucking pregnant you don't know you fucking idiots like the most (laughs) like oh my god you don't even you don't even know like it was (laughs) so stupid but it's just like this massive and you just you've in your head I just remember like being in meetings and the whole time just like I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. And you just can't... Well, especially if you've got people planning <gasps> future things, yeah. future events, future yeah. trips, whatever it is, and you're going, but I'm going to be this, yeah. this amount pregnant yeah. or I'm going to yeah. have a newborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was wild times, but really magic. I loved, actually, I loved being pregnant and I found it the most... I think it's the most special time. Yeah, it was wicked. It was all lovely. I loved One it. One thing you really, really, really wanted was a girl. Oh, my God. So hard. I wanted a girl... 
I can't even explain how much. It was like petulant Veruca salt in Willy Wonka. I want a girl. And, and I was so determined I wanted a girl. I was all, I, in my head, I was like, well, I'm obviously going to get a boy because I'm being such a brat about it. So we did, we went for a harmony test, which is where they do a blood test quite early to check for some genetic markers. But also you find out the gender really early. So I found out, I think she maybe was about, it was about eight weeks. Right. Maybe I'm lying, 10 weeks, can't remember, but early. Um, and yeah, found out that sort of the, the little sonographer lady like moved her finger, was covering up on a bit of paper and moved her finger and I could see it said F for female. And I was like, get in! <laughs> like some kind of England job. Like it was, she was a bit affronted, so like, bloody hell, people don't usually quite so enthusiastic about it. But I was, yeah, I was really, really pleased. And I don't, it was just, I just, I think I'm basically extremely unimaginative. because So I am... A sister, I've it's only you know me and me and my sister. My mum's very important in my life. I'm used. I love women. I'm a girls' girl. Don't really like. I like my husband and my dad. I don't really have many male friends. You know, <laughs> I know women. I love women. I like women. Wanted a little woman, and I got one. Thank God, because otherwise that poor little boy. And obviously that's bullshit. Because if I had a boy, it would have been lovely, and I would have probably got even more material out of it. So in a way, my loss. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it's a real to thing, a isn't it? I think gender disappointment yeah, for, yeah. amongst parents, and then the guilt that can yeah. can come with that. You know, I think um, I I think. When I was expecting my third, because I've got all boys, yeah. I'm surrounded by Willie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I think when I was saying that I was, I didn't care either way. There were lots of people that that were saying actually we, I did, and that's something that I've actually experienced, and then had to work through the guilt of that or the disappointment of that. So I think it's such a complex situation for people that are literally like I, I want. I want this yeah. and, you know... Yeah, it's really hard. And there are loads of, like, forums on it online. So if anyone does really? feel a little bit of guilt that, you know, they have... Partly they're like, oh, I wish I had a boy or I wish I had a girl. Yeah. It's very... I think you're absolutely not alone. Well, I had this strange thing. So uh, the midwife who delivered my first child came in to see me in my second birth. And I was in the pool. I was owning everything out. But the amazing midwife was there just to say hello, basically, while I was contracting. And she said to me, she'll be here soon. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm having a girl. Um, she said she, I'm having a girl. So for the next half an hour or oh whatever God. of labour, I was like, I'm having a girl. She she knows, she's a midwife, she knows. But it was just obviously something that she said that she didn't mean anything by, because then there was this, like, so in my, I guess actually it makes me realise that I wouldn't be upset having a girl because there was this feeling of, oh, my God gosh I'm having a girl yeah. but then when Buddy arrived and he was a boy I was like oh my gosh it's a boy oh. like I don't feel like it to me it didn't matter either way but yeah there was a weird moment where I thought I was maybe having the opposite I also know people who found out their gender decorated whole rooms and then a different gender arrived yeah, yeah that would be yeah that would be I can't even imagine yeah that would Can send you your mind all of that if you oh. had a boy <laughs> Oh, I'd be, I'd write so many letters of complaint. I cannot explain. <laughs> How did you feel coming towards the end of your pregnancy? I wonder if it's in hindsight I say this, but I think I felt good. I'd, I'd had really quite, as they go, pretty easy pregnancy. You know, I, I, I didn't have morning sickness. I felt nauseous for a bit of the first trimester, but, you know, eat, eat a few mini cheddars. I was fine. I felt very lucky about that. I got some backache and I had to yeah. carry a pillow around me like an old lady. And I got a pubis symphysis, whatever, where your pelvic girdle pain, basically, that was quite 
annoying. But again, nothing. As soon as I stopped exercising, it was fine. Oh, boo-hoo, I can't go to see my PT anymore. <laughs> Nightmare. Um, so, yeah, I felt good at the end of pregnancy. I, I, Because I, I was planned C-section, it wasn't like I was. I had the, oh, when's it, when's it going to yeah. come and all of that. So I knew exactly and I really liked being able to plan all that. But so, how did that feel in the last kind of week or few days or even the night before? Night, knowing yeah, that uh, was that was the end of just you being yeah, a couple. Maybe, yeah, that was pretty fun. I remember going like, I'm quite. Um, I don't know if you would have like sort of got this from me, but I'm quite melodramatic. I don't know if you've picked up on no, that. No, um, no. <laughs> I am um, a few like maybe a week before. I just remember like taking myself for a walk around our park, local park, by myself, and it was sort of sunset. And I was listening to, I love musical theatre, so I was listening to some, like, really dramatic, like, sort of soppy songs. And I remember having a little cry because I thought, this is the last time that I'll do this by myself. And obviously you do go for a walk by yourself yeah. again, but, you know, like, before I'm a, a mum. And there was a lot of lasts. I think I, I became a bit, yeah, a bit dramatic about that. And sort of these solemn farewells to all silly things. And the night before, I remember my husband took a day off work. We went to the cinema watched an awful Eddie Redmayne film I fell asleep and then we came home and I cried and I remember crying eating and takeaway Nando's and like crying into my pita bread because it just was like oh my god this is so massive like it's so rare in life that you have an evening before something that is so mm. life-changing and I and I think I was I'd been pretty chilled about the birth and stuff but at that point I thought god what if something happens to me I'm having this massive operation what if something happens? And I hadn't really let myself go down that path, which is unlike yeah. me because I'm a very negative person, but I just hadn't even gone there. And I felt suddenly, I just felt, I was just scared and vulnerable. And then I had a cuddle and it was fine. And I had a glass of wine. My consultant, when I, when I um, got my elective cesarean, when I went to see her to get it all booked in, she was like, make sure the night before you have a lovely big dinner and a glass of wine. And I was like, well, that is prescribed wine. <laughs> it's even more delicious. Um, <laughs> So I had that and then went to bed and then woke up. I, I set my alarm. I had to be in hospital for seven, set my alarm for 5am. So I had, I had time to curl my hair. Oh my gosh. You have literally, did you have the first photo that looks like you've oh. just stepped out of a I look a fantastic, mate. Oh, yeah. I look great. I've got makeup on. The nurse, when, when we got into the hospital, the midwife was like, have you got any makeup on? I was like, nope. Like, <laughs> lying to my teeth. I was like, yes, I know the anaesthetist needs to see if my skin's going blue, but also I want to look good in the photos. So a little bit of bronzer is staying on. Um, so, but that, I think that sort of suggests how naive I was, really, to get up early, to like as if within... Or nervous. Maybe. Like that feeling of wanting to, to do something. You I wanted know? to look good when I met her for the first time. <laughs> so silly. And then, of course, sort of that was the last time I looked anywhere near human for a while. And after that... Um, it all went downhill, really. <laughs> the birth itself was lovely. So I had a plant cesarean, so it was all very calm. And I always would say how the operating theatre was so joyful. It yeah. was, and I think the theatre staff, it must be a nice operation for them to do. It, you know, they know, you know, all being well, it's going to be a lovely, happy ending. It's a lovely experience. Um, and they, you know, we put music on and they were dancing to it and singing. It was just, it was, and I always say she was lifted into joy. Honestly, it was just the Aww. most beautiful experience. I'm so glad. Um, I'm so glad I had it that way. Um, apart from when, when I was on the table, like being sort of catheterized, one of the theatre staff said to me, oh, I liked your set on Live at the Apollo, which is <laughs> a, a little affronting. 
<laughs> you kind of don't want to be recognised in yeah, that moment. Yeah. And then the, the anaesthetist was like, obviously everything that happens in hospital is completely confidential. Like, don't worry, we won't tell anyone how wonky your bikini line shaving is. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, then went into recovery and everything was lovely and I was off my tits on drugs. And then when it came to standing up for the first time, I think I've never known pain like it. And that was really when I was like, ah, hello, motherhood. Nice to meet you. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think when it comes to C-sections, I don't think it's talked about enough what that recovery is like. I think C-sections have a bad rep and, and, and actually it's a massive procedure to go through. And then the recovery of that yeah, yeah. is huge. It's really My huge. sister stayed with me actually after she had my niece and even her laugh had to change mm. because she couldn't laugh. It became this weird... <laughs> yeah, oh God, yeah, laughing, <laughs> coughing. Oh, the worst. I think, again, I did lots of research and I read a lot of forums where women were like, yeah, you know, that recovery was bad, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah. And I don't know if I was just unlucky. I've got a low pain threshold, but I personally found the recovery really tricky and very different. Like I know, for example, my sister, for example, had a cesarean for her second child, was up and around walking with ease, really, within, yeah. you know, 12 hours. I did not find that. I found it extremely painful. Um, I would say agony, the closest... I I I I've, I've screaming with pain um mm. trying to stand up and my husband was he said listening to me it was like hearing someone in like a, a torture facility in Guantanamo or something he was like it was it was piercing and I think what really got me and I wrote I write about this in the book is the fact that I was discharged with no um extra pain relief just paracetamol and ibuprofen um which I thought was normal because why would I know any different and I, the doctor was like, yeah, we don't usually, we try not to prescribe anything stronger when women leave because it can cross into the breast milk. And I thought, oh God, well, I, I'm, oh, nothing can go in my precious breast milk. I can't possibly put that into my child because that's what, you know, a doctor had told me. And then I was, but I was in so much pain. And then I subsequently spoke to my friend who's a GP and she was like, ring your GP, get them to give you this particular drug. It was like a stronger ibuprofen. It doesn't cross into your breast milk. And it just really annoyed me that this male doctor had chucked me out with major abdominal surgery. Mm. And I think we listen, we say that phrase, major abdominal surgery, but major abdominal surgery, I've been cut open, all bits and bobs have been flipped open. There's all this internal yeah. healing. You're sliced in the middle, a fundamental bit of you where when you, yeah, when you laugh, when you breathe, when you cough, when you stand, anything you do, that movement really 
flipping hurt mm. and just sort of dismissed as yes well it's you know the baby is the only important thing now anything that could vaguely go near the baby the mother is just chucked under the bus which I think is such bullshit because there were two people involved in childbirth and the baby yes of course they're very important but also the mother is and if the mother is in not in pain she's going to be able to be a better mother to that baby and I yeah. will always be extremely resentful that I was sort of just shoved out the door I just think it's a real example of women's pain not being taken seriously and yes I'm very very cross about that and I sort of well, say to I, any to anyone who has a serum make sure they give you good drugs if you need it afterwards make sure <laughs> also it's such a shock the whole thing that I think you are literally just for me I was like a little bit of a, a mess during that phase Absolutely. like anyone could say anything to you and you're like yep 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 you know it's just such a whirlwind of a time for sure exactly so you're just so vulnerable and you need to be looked after and I think I mean I don't know the ins and outs of medical policy but I just think yes of, of course, it makes sense that you can get something a little bit stronger than you know Nurofen you'd buy from the SO when you're hung over <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah you've been through enough I yeah, think to I get think a little so. bit extra yeah uh, what was it like leaving the hospital because obviously you're in immense pain still about by that point as well yeah immense pain realized that you know I, I took with me to the labor ward hair drying straighteners new outfit like what was I I was so naive to it of course I didn't go anywhere near that I didn't I couldn't put on the new outfit I had to put just I had to put my coat over my nighty. I just couldn't you know I was in agony couldn't bear the idea of getting changed no couldn't could, absolutely not and then went home and mum and dad picked us up from the hospital remember every speed bump like oh, <sighs> and then mum and dad came in put the baby down in the car like car seat and left us and I remember being like oh fucking hell what on earth do we do now and then it was November and night came quickly, which did not help mm. with my mental state. Those winter babies, man, are hard. Um, and yeah, that first wild night in my bedroom with the child next to me, my husband asleep, and she, I just was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like she cried, so I'd be like, feed it. And luckily the feeding was happened pretty well, so yeah. the feeding, that's good. I've changed it. Okay, now it's, it's still crying. Oh, I don't know what what do you do <laughs> and then I got up and was like in agony I'll I don't want to wake my husband up I'll walk around the house so holding this tiny little creature with this you know massive wound on me just wandering around the house in hindsight I basically got up and walked around my house because I thought that's what you would do if you're in a film with a new baby <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this somewhere yeah. I've seen it <laughs> what do you do you go and sit and then something sad by Adele plays or something in the background <laughs> so that's I, about right yeah so I did that and I remember ending up lying on the living room floor with her and I was like this is this is awful <laughs> and so continued the first few awful months for me um yeah. just where I, I just found it so overwhelming and profound and I suddenly didn't know who I was I didn't know up from down my life had imploded and I thought I'd we'd ruined everything because at that point I couldn't I couldn't see that this bit the newborn bit was not forever of course it was yeah. of course it was. how could I not see that but at the time well this was it this like little grenade had gone off and we'd ruined everything and I will never do this again and it's horrific and what have we done I can't explain how out of sorts I was and yeah it the was the great thing as well when you talk about this in the book you've almost got like a caveat before you even start before you go into it to say this it's a phase it's it moves a phase. but yeah. it's very much real I think when yeah. you are 
in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and I, I say I do a chapter on the newborn life and I say all the horrible feelings and the physical pain, like the mental pain, everything mm. passed, everything. And at the time, I couldn't see that it ever would. And I think it's tricky, isn't it? With pregnant women, you don't, it's, there's the argument for don't scare them, which I absolutely <laughs> understand. But then also I'm like, well, don't scare them, but also let them know that it might be really shit and they might yeah. hate the experience. Doesn't mean they don't love the baby. You can love your baby, like your baby, perhaps at the mm-hmm. beginning. I think I liked mine for a while before I loved her. But you can, you know, be you can look after a baby competently, but also fucking hate the experience and think you've ruined your life. That's that's yeah. that's okay. And that's so that, that's you're not a bad mum. It doesn't reflect on you badly as a, a parent. It doesn't mean that you don't love your child. It doesn't mean you aren't grateful, which I think is a real, real issue. It does mm-hmm. not mean you are not grateful to be able to have a child in the first place. I wish I'd known more, but then I wonder, could I have known more? Can you ever really know until you've done it? I, I think it's amazing how, I think having your words out there, you know, you can't underestimate how much that helps people that can't maybe formulate the words to express how they're feeling. So when they read an account that's kind of like, that, that, those are the words that I couldn't say. Absolutely, you know? yeah, because I think I didn't have the words at the time. I certainly yeah. didn't. So to be able to, yeah, like I said, have, the, be, be, have the, the honour of being able to write down that stuff for other women to point to, to go, it's not, it's not just me. And I think also perhaps it's nice to have someone who isn't a doctor going, these are the symptoms of postnatal depression. Um, yeah. It's just a woman, a normal woman who had a really shit time yep. and is fine now. <laughs> like, that's what I say about my book. It's not like, it's, it's really boring in a way. It's a story of an ordinary woman who had an ordinary baby. There's nothing that's going to blow your mind. But it's, I think that's the thing. It's this sort of dichotomy of this very run-of-the-mill experience. Everyone shoots out a baby. Who cares? Bothered, boring. But you know, while we, while it is sort of that to that to each individual family, it's life changing and seismic and bigger than the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's trying to balance those things up. It's it's extraordinary and ordinary, and yeah. um, it's your experience, and hopefully, yeah, it's our experience. One thing you have now, which I absolutely love, is an inability to walk past a mum with a baby and not you can't walk past and not say anything I can't and I never used to give a shit about newborns <laughs> I never could give a monkey would you want to hold the baby no absolutely not absolutely not um but now when I see a new mum and a new baby I think I, I wonder if I'm am I cooey about baby I think oh I'm sort of cooey about the mum because yeah. you know for a mum to be out with a newborn you can sort of imagine if you go back I can imagine mm-hmm. what it's taken for her to get there I have a go-to chat-up line which was all oh, that one looks fresh it's a great that's opener. what I say yes <laughs> it's such a good opener and then isn't I it? say well done for getting out yes you look great even if they look like shit yeah. you look great well done yeah. oh when oh, how old oh my god when mine was two weeks I was still crying in the shower um yeah. all of that just build them up and say you're amazing and just listen to them Say, I usually go, how was last night rather than how is just, you know, for specifics. Because I think people are more like to be honest rather than a general question. Um, And then just always like, it will get better. It will get better. And I I remember when I was in, um, when I'd had my, my baby was about four or five months old. When I was like, I really need newborn mum still. And I would, I doled out my lactation consultant's number. Like I was chatting women up and passing (laughs) mobile numbers. (laughs) Because it was just like, I need to help you so much. Um, because it probably make me feel better. But yes, I, I adore new mums. I think 
oh, I don't know, I just have a new appreciation that I never, ever had before. Yeah. And when your baby was younger and you did start going back to work, how did that feel? Because obviously you've gone through this massive transition. Your life has completely changed. And then you're put back into your, you know, your previous setting, if you like. Yeah. How was that? Well, it's weird because our jobs are... It's not like I went back nine to five. No. I had not that much maternity proper leave, really. I had about three months properly off and then I started doing bits and bobs. But that was, you know, one day here, one day there. It wasn't full time. Yeah. Um, it felt really hard. I stupidly agreed when I was about eight and a half months pregnant, I agreed to put a tour on sale, stand up tour on sale. So I had, so this tour was on sale, tickets were being sold and I had to write this show. I had to write it. So that was really dumb and I shouldn't have put myself under that pressure. And did you feel creative in those early days of motherhood? Oh, I had so many ideas. Yes, no, I felt... Was your brain mush? My brain was mush. I felt like... Like, I was just a physical incarnation of human mundanity. I had no ideas. All I could think about was the child. So a lot of it was about my baby. It was it was a stupid amount of pressure for someone who, you know, I felt unfunny on, like, an elemental level to try my <laughs> bloody stand-up show. So that was stupid. But then there were days where I did things like, you know, I think my first proper full day back at the office, I say, in inverted commas, was doing the uh, Crystal Maze. <laughs> <laughs> With Gemma Collins and Arge, um, right. Carol Vorderman. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was hilarious. I mean, that was hilarious. What a stew. Like, I'm, I think my baby was like three or four months old and I had to go to Bristol. And it was like so exciting. I got to go on the train. We were like breast pumping on the on the train um, and then got to wear a jumpsuit and then got to push Gemma <laughs> Collins through a, a, a pipe in the industrial zone. That was quite exciting. And then like, I was so desperate to get back for the last feed that I ran, like I went home in the jumpsuit. I didn't even have time to change. I went home in my crystal maze jumpsuit, uh, breast pumped on the train home in my jumpsuit. Very good access, who knew? Nice. Um, and then yeah, jumped up, to, like went, ran upstairs and then got home by 10 o'clock to feed her. But it was, what a wild day. <laughs> 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 and do you feel then that that time, because obviously we're in a really lovely position where we love what we do for work, do you feel like actually stepping out, that was part of finding you again, a you that existed pre-mum, but obviously has been altered because I think motherhood affects every single part of you, but certainly having a bit of time that is yours to be you. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it really helped me find my brain again to yeah. just give me a sense that yeah I wasn't just a mum there's nothing wrong with being mum but that's not there I, I am many things and mum is one of them and now I think I've got to the point where I can combine the two and I, I enjoyed writing my book so much mm. and you know I wouldn't I don't know if I would have written a book if I hadn't had a child and she's given me so much in every sense She's good, she's good material. Um, <laughs> um, and she, yeah, she's just, I don't know, she's opened, she's, oh, oh I'm going to be really gross and corny, but she's opened my heart. Like, I feel much more, I don't know, more emotional, more empathetic. She's made me a nicer person, 100%. 100%. And I never understood how, when people would say that, because I do, I also think, I don't believe that, you know, having a baby is the, is like the most selfless, like you're so selfish before you, if you don't have children, that's absolute bullshit. I think having a child yeah. is one of the most selfish things you can do. <laughs> I'm good. I love me so much. I'm going to make a little half me to look after. Like it's <laughs> arguably incredibly selfish. So I don't think it's made me less selfless, less selfish as such, but I do think it's made me a nicer person too. Cause I just understand 
what other families might be going through. Yeah. So do you feel like you're enjoying motherhood more and more as as your daughter gets older? Yeah, I do. I Some people love the newborn. They like yeah. little babies. I'm, that's not my bag at all. I like toddlers. I like her saying funny things. I like being playful I like I'm really I'm a big fan of being silly my stand-up is very silly and she is you know she's a toddler so of course she's silly and she says ridiculous things and she likes funny faces and she likes she's just they're just wallies aren't they and I love like all I need to do to her is run around the room a bit and go I'm going crazy and then she's like ah but she thinks, oh my God, mummy's the most exciting person in the world. Like, she's a great audience. And I, I love making her laugh. My mum's always like, you entertain that child all the time. It's like, she does, she basically gets dinner and a show every night. But <laughs> I just, I mean, maybe that's one of the things I'm going to mess her up with because I, the want for them to be happy and to smile. Yeah. And you can't, that's too much to put on another human. They have to be happy. She's allowed not to be happy and smiley, but I really try. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, if you could write a letter on motherhood, who would it be to and what would it say? I think, um, I basically think, I was thinking about this question, and I think essentially my book is the letter that I wanted to write myself. And it's a whole, it's a whole bloody book. Because <laughs> I do like to wang on. Um, yeah, just to be able to say to me, yeah, whatever your expectations of, of being a mum are, it's not like that. And it's going to be awful and you're going to be darker than you've ever been but you will find so much sunshine in a way that you could never foresee before and you'll actually really like being a mum and it turns out you are actually quite maternal um so yeah that's and that's hopefully what the book is to to myself and to to other mums just to to say it's going to be okay and to just get like we said reflect back your experiences yeah well you know that I finished it and I absolutely wept oh, I just absolutely adored it I'm so glad you enjoyed it I'm really really pleased it's so good uh, and I would now like you to finish three sentences for me uh the first one is being a mum means being a mum means uh just oh, exquisite vulnerability in the most wonderful ways and terrifying ways but just it's just so profound since having children I since having children I cannot believe I spent so much of my life without a child and I didn't appreciate the freedom and I know everyone says that but really <laughs> just you could do what you want and I you could go to Paris for the weekend I didn't but I could have <laughs> It's those little things, yeah. isn't it? I think, and I think that's what makes motherhood or parenthood so overwhelming. The idea of you literally can't just walk out of your house without massive thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just oh, what I would give for, a, you know, a week back in my twenty-something life. Which I, I loved wonder it how time. differently you'd live that that week. Yeah, that's true. I wonder, knowing now, God, yeah, that could be that could be dangerous. That could be day, but wow, what? I mean, I had a lovely, I had a lovely twenties, but you just go, I would, it would be better. Knowing now, it'd be even sweeter, <laughs> wouldn't it? Crikey. 
I feel like there's something in that. There's a, a great film in that or something. It's kind of like there's definitely going to be some people that just go back and they just sleep the whole week, like yeah. it's just a break. And then there's going to be other people that go back and they literally just don't sleep the entire time and just, yeah, totally rave it up. Oh, and my just God. Take yeah. and do everything that they possibly can. Oh, heaven. Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I'm happy when... Oh, I'm happy when, oh, I just get a lovely, like a proper big, lovely cuddle. When, and, she's, and she says something like, Mummy, I like you. <laughs> I get that a lot lately. I like you. Like, I have, she hasn't upgraded me to love, but I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the way. Um, yeah, just when, I, when she's next to me cuddling or I have a little hand in my hand or... You know, just even going out for a baby chino to the Sainsbury's Cafe can be just a lovely so little chore. Yeah, I love that. My three-year-old at the moment finds it really funny if he says, I don't love you, mummy. I don't love you so much. <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> but then he gives it another little cheeky grin and I'm like, I'm taking it because you know exactly what you're doing. That's clever. Yeah. Clever yeah. boy. Uh. <laughs> Watch out for that one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, thank you so much. It's been so delightful to talk to you. Oh, thank you. I'm so I'm so delighted. This was one of the first podcasts. I think it's probably the first podcast I listened to when I found out I was pregnant um, because I was like, I need to jump into this world. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's such a wonderful resource and I'm absolutely thrilled to be on here. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. And paperback's out 10th of March. It certainly is, yep. And yeah, it's in hardback and on Audible and everything. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. around. And did you uh, record yourself uh, for the audio version? Yes, I did the Audible. Yes. Amazing. Yes. I love that. Two days. I love just... it when people read their own things when it's, when it's non-fiction. Oh, yeah. Apart from the, the sound engineer who was recording it was this young sort of 20-something-year-old guy and he had to keep pronouncing, like helping me pronounce words correctly. Turns out I've been saying, um, he had to like be say, it's, it's labia, not labia. I was like, are you, <laughs> are you literally mansplaining female genitalia to me, 20-year-old man? He was right, though, annoyingly, poor guy. And it was his job. So there we go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Ellie, thank you so much. Thanks, Dom. See you soon. Bye.